Hello and welcome to the podcast English for Life in the UK. This podcast is for those people who want to improve their English and learn more about life in this country by listening to native English speakers talking in a natural way about a range of subjects. I should apologise for this episode that the sound quality is not as good as we would like. Because of the Covid restrictions, we are having to record these podcasts remotely over the internet and the quality of the sound today is not as good as it has been in all other episodes but I hope you will still find it useful. I'm joined today by Christine. Hello, Christine. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm quite well. Actually, I'm quite tired today because yesterday I had the second of my COVID vaccinations and I think I'm having a very slight reaction to that. So I've been doing a lot of sitting around today. How are you? Uh, I'm not bad. I've had a cold this week, but I'm almost over it now. So I'm feeling absolutely fine. And um, of course, I had my second vaccination a few weeks back now, and I had no after effects from it. So um, I'm sorry to hear that, but it doesn't sound as if it's too bad. No, not too bad. So today we're going to talk about uh, elections and particularly local elections that have been happening in the UK. So last week on Thursday, the 6th of May, uh, there were a whole lot of elections happening in different parts of the United Kingdom. So we thought we'd explain a little bit about what they were, why they matter, um, and a little bit about what happened as well. So I think, Christine, you're going to start and just give, a, give us a general overview of what those elections were. Yes. Well, almost every year in this country, there are local elections once a year, um, and they uh, elect people to the local council. Um, they, the local council is the organisation, the local organisation, that deals with lots and lots of everyday important things, like schools, libraries, and parks, and play parks for children. They're the people who organise your bins being emptied and often they deal with housing and also they look after care for old people as well. So although they're not as important as national government, I suppose, they are nonetheless very important to our everyday lives. And these, the councillors who sit on the local council are up for election. Some of the posts in each council are up for election every few years. And so this year there were quite a lot of uh, posts up for election because of the COVID um, lockdown last May meant that many local elections were postponed. So it was a particularly large one this year. So as well as the local council elections, the Scottish Parliament was elected and the Welsh National Assembly, the mayors, I think, Mark, you're going to tell us a bit about the mayors, aren't you? But mayors, several local mayors were elected 
and the police and crime commissioners in several areas. And there was also, on the same day, there was one by-election. And that means it was an election to Parliament, an election to Westminster. And that's because somebody who was an MP stood down. So there were lots of things going on last Thursday. So tell us a little bit about an overview of what happened last Thursday then, Christine. Well, it's interesting. There are different ways that people can vote. Um, you can vote by post. Or if you want, you can arrange for somebody else to vote on your behalf. But most people go in person to a polling station in their local area are given a piece of paper with the names of all the candidates and they'll put a cross beside the ones they want to vote for and they'll put that in the ballot box. Now these polling stations are usually in a local school or perhaps a library or a community centre. But there are some funny, funny places to have um, uh, polling booths. I know that there's one in a museum, one in a pub. Um, there is more than one in a laundrette, you know, where, where you wash your clothes. There's one in a swimming pool. And not this year, but last at the last election, there was one in someone's living room in Cumberland, but they've had to take them to larger, larger venues this time to, so, because of social distancing. And of course, the, the other place that was a polling station this year was the St. Augustine Centre, where we volunteer. Uh, yeah. So that was that was interesting. I went along on the day. I wasn't voting there because I'd voted by post, as you were explaining, you can do. But I did see that the, uh, the way they'd set it up there, uh, which was very interesting. So what about what about the results of, of those elections, Christine? Well, it was quite surprising in a way. Quite often, the uh, the party that is in government, um, often when there's a by-election happening, they do badly. It's like people's chance to say, "Oh, we don't like what you're doing." Um, but that didn't happen this time. Um, the Conservative Party are in government. And they won the by-election um, quite easily, quite easily, big, a large majority. I mean, in the local council elections, uh, there were also Conservatives did quite well in some areas, um, but they lost some seats and some lost control of some councils elsewhere. The way that the local elections, uh, the system of election is called first past the post, just the same as the uh, as the Westminster, the main government, the, the main parliament elections. So that means whoever gets, you just get one vote and whoever gets the most votes wins. So what happens is that the larger parties tend to um, tend to win the seats. Yes, in and in the Scottish Parliament, uh, the election isn't first past the post. It's quite a complicated system where you vote for your local councillor 
uh, sorry, your local Scottish member, and that is first past the post. But they also have what they call a list system where you vote for parties. It's quite complicated. I'm not going to try to explain it in detail. But uh, anyway, the, the, um, the outcome was that the Scottish National Party won the largest vote and took the largest number of seats by a long way. In fact, they were just one seat short of having an overall majority. So they will... Um, they will work with the Green Party um, to govern. Um, that's what will happen in Wales. Um, likewise, the, the party that was in control before in Wales was Labour, and they stayed in power. In fact, they got an increased majority. Um, and people are surprised. Yes, it, it's interesting, as you say, normally, very often in local elections, there's a reaction against the government of the day. But it does seem this time that, you know, in, the, in Scotland, it was the same Scottish government that there was before. In, in England, the Conservatives, the government did well. And in Wales, Labour did well. And some of the commentators are suggesting that this is partly because of the crisis around the uh, the virus and the fact that people uh, have kind of supported the government of the day during a difficult period and particularly as the vaccination side of things has has been going very well recently so uh, that may be a, may be an explanation it may be what surprises me is that some people so few people vote tell us about that christine well, I mean, generally speaking, for local elections, only about a third of the electorate turn up to vote. Um, and a third, that's not a third of the adults in the country, because not everybody is on the electorate. Because to, to be eligible to vote, you need to register. And not everybody registers. Um, in fact, I think it's... 17% of people in the UK are not registered, but there are much larger proportions in different communities. So in the mi minority ethnic communities, it's more than a quarter of the people are not registered to vote. And why would you say it's important, Christine, that people should exercise their vote? Well, I know my vote only makes a tiny difference, but everybody's vote brought together can change the whole way that our country works. You know, and that's what democracy is. It's about changing, about having somebody to represent your views in Parliament and to, to govern them. And I, and I care about that. Interesting, Mark, um, refugees are not allowed to vote in this country, this country being England, refugees are allowed to vote in Scotland. Yeah, I think that's important. And I, I always reflect on, uh, as we work a lot with refugees and asylum seekers, that many of them are coming from countries where there is no democratic system yeah. and their vote, they either don't have a vote or their vote is not one that will make any difference at all. 
Um, and I think those of us in a country where votes do matter often take that for granted. And uh, in, in my view, it's a really important part of being a, an active citizen is to uh, exercise your vote to vote when you get the chance. So I've talked about the local elections and the Scottish Parliament elections and the Welsh Assembly. Um, but Mark, another important lot of elections uh, last week were the mayoral elections. Could you tell us a bit about that, please? Yes, well, it's quite a complicated story, really, because for quite a long time, although many towns and cities had a mayor, the role of the mayor was just a ceremonial one. That meant that they didn't really have any significant powers to do anything, but they would appear at certain events and they would be the person who would um, sit in the chair when there was a debate going on in the council. But since uh, 2000, we have had what are called directly elected mayors in a number of areas of, of uh, the UK. I think only England, actually. Um, the first one was in London. So in the year 2000, there was a directly elected mayor for London. And the winner of that first one was a person called Ken Livingston. Um, he was mayor for quite a while. Um, after him, uh, one of the other mayors of London was Boris Johnson, who, of course, is now the prime minister of this country. Currently, the mayor in London, and he was re-elected last week, is a person called Sadiq Khan, who, whose family is originally from Pakistan. Um, we've had an elected mayor in Manchester since 2017. Uh, that person's name is Andy Burnham. But where we are here in West Yorkshire, that's the part of Yorkshire where we are, uh, we have not had a directly elected mayor until this year. So this was the first time, 2021. So West Yorkshire covers the, the big cities of Leeds and Bradford, but it also covers the area called Kirklees, which includes Huddersfield, which is where I live. Um, there's also Wakefield. And then, importantly, there is Calderdale, which includes Halifax, where the St. Augustine Centre is. So we come under West Yorkshire. And the election for the very first elected mayor of West Yorkshire was won by a woman called Tracy Brabin. She was standing for the Labour Party. So she was the candidate for the Labour Party in that election. And she won the election. Uh, and so she will now be the elected mayor. She's an interesting person. She has a, came from a, a working class part of a small town called Batley, but she went on to be an actress. And she's quite well known in this country for uh, playing uh, television roles, particularly in something called Coronation Street, which is what we call a soap opera. That means it's a drama about everyday life. And in fact, we're going to do an episode about soap operas in, in the future. So Tracy was an actress, but then she decided she wanted to go into politics and she became the MP for an area called Batley and Spen after a very tragic event in which the previous MP was actually murdered. 
Um, mm. She was killed by a right-wing extremist. Her name was Joe Cox. And Tracy Brabin became the MP after that. So she decided that she wanted to stand to be the mayor of West Yorkshire, and uh, she won the election. The, the mayor of West Yorkshire is re responsible for a number of things. Police in the area, so that role that you mentioned, Christine, called police and crime commissioners, that comes under the mayor in West Yorkshire. They're responsible for transport across the area, planning and housing, and adult education. And also it's possible for a local mayor to bring money from national government to be used on projects in the, in the local area. So it'll be interesting for us to see what difference that makes. How did, how did Tracy become the, the candidate? How did, they, how did the Labour Party decide that, they would, that she would be the one? I bet a lot of people wanted to be mayor. Well, all the main political parties will have a, a, a system for choosing their candidate for the election. And that's usually called the selection process. Mm -hmm. So they will select the person by voting of members of that party. They will select the person they want to become the candidate. And then that person stands for that political party in the election. And if they're su successful, then they are elected either to the council or in this case to become the mayor. And I'm pleased to say that I was able to get an interview with one of the people who was a candidate in last week's local election. Ooh. And she's called Charlotte. She works for the St. Augustine Centre. And I was able to talk to her a little bit about what it meant to be a candidate. Well, I'm delighted to say that joining me now is Charlotte. Um, Charlotte uh, works for the St. Augustine Centre. She's joined us fairly recently. But Charlotte also was a candidate in the local elections here in Calderdale last week. So we thought we'd uh, talk to Charlotte about what that experience was like. So, uh, first of all, hello, Charlotte. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thanks. I'm catching up on sleep, <laughs> recovering yeah. from an intense campaign. But, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, start off, Charlotte, just tell us, what does it mean if I say you were a candidate in the local elections? Mm. What does that mean? You are the, the party's chosen representative um, that will fight the elections uh, and then go on to be the local councillor or for whatever election it is you you will go on to represent the party in that role so um yeah there's a lot of things that you do as a candidate that was all a very new experience for me um and it's it's mainly just um kind of putting yourself out there uh whether it's going out and talking and engaging to voters to try and uh understand and listen to what kind of issues are coming up um especially the area where I was the candidate in Brighouse, there weren't any Labour councillors in that area and there haven't been for quite a long time. 
So Labour was the, is the party that I was standing for. Um, so we had a big, big job to do uh, in trying to like really gauge and listen to pick up a sense of what what kind of issues were were going on in the town um, because they hadn't had good representatives there listening for a while. So it was firstly about listening, engaging, um, uh, trying to just establish a connection uh, with voters. And that, to me, that's what this is all about, um, connecting and, um, and engaging. And I think the more that happens, the better these things can be. Um, and obviously with COVID, um, that much limited how we, the, the methods in which we engage with people. Um, we've had to use lots of different alternative ways. So we've lots of digital engagement via social media, networks, um, apps like Nextdoor app and Facebook, Twitter. Face-to-face -face things, I think when the restrictions eased, and I can't remember when it was, like mid-April, so this is only like a month before the elections. And normally in these periods, you're building up the kind of presence throughout the year. And, you know, we try and um, avoid the criticism that a lot of politicians get of, oh, you only come around here during election times, because that's not true for a lot of local areas. They're out there in communities canvassing or just doing other visible things like litter picks or... We do a lot of that normally in Brickhouse, but we weren't allowed. To, we couldn't go canvassing, I think, until about the Easter weekend. That was when we were first allowed to go out, speaking to people for the first time. And we had to be strictly in groups of six. Um, you had to wear masks. And it was it's a little bit strange because people haven't had people coming around to their houses for a long, long time. And But actually, the reception on the doorstep was really, really warm. And people... Um, tell, me, tell me about this idea of canvassing then. Mm, so that's going around to people's houses. Yeah. Are you trying? Are you trying to persuade them to mm. vote for you? Are you finding yeah. out uh, what the issues are for them? What what's what's the mm. main purpose of canvassing? I mean, this is my favourite part of um, politics. Really, it's the most exciting part because it, you collect a lot of different experiences from talking to people on the doorsteps. So I guess it's got multiple purposes. The key thing for me is is about listening. So it's like you harvest all this information, you collect ID and data, and um, but it's to me it's how you use that data. So do you listen and then do you do you inform and in, and consult your strategies based on what you hear on the doorsteps? Um, and a lot of like anecdotal stories about people's own experiences, whether it's like problems with the roads, potholes, that kind of thing, or problems in the town centre or really good things. Um, you pick that up on the doorsteps. But then also it is to persuade people because you have that like pitch. You're stood in front of someone that you don't know. Um, you ask them how you vote, how they're going to vote. Um, so it's really, really interesting if somebody says they're undecided and then there's this like, oh, I've got a 30 second pitch here where I can change somebody's mind and that's actually really exciting and you can have a, a really engaging conversation with somebody and kind of pitch why you think you would be the best representative for the, that place. But it's very different doing it as a candidate as well because you kind of got to sell yourself. I'd always done it on the other side on behalf of someone else before but this time it was like, oh, my face is on the leaflet that you give them. My understanding is that also 
part of the purpose is to find out where your supporters are yes so that when it comes down to the election day you can uh, try to make sure that people have voted and encourage mm-hmm. those people who you know are your supporters to get to the polls is that right that is it's a very very crucial bit you can map out where all your supporters are this is where your cover is so yeah on election day going around to the people that you know that are going to support you and yeah making sure that they've gone out to vote yeah reminding people why it's important to vote that's great so tell me tell me about election day itself what did what happened for you that day and then I think actually it was probably the day after was it that the vote was counted tell tell me about Um, all of that yeah it was two days after so it was all different this year because of the covid restrictions and um so on polling day we had that was thursday the 6th of may we went to we kind of plotted where the best places of our support would be to go um and spent the whole day kind of with a, a little team just going around and and speaking to people we'd pop into the polling station as candidates you're allowed to do that it's all about like your presence and visibility um and especially where we were brick house is a, a little town so it has a town center so yeah we we uh, just make sure that we were just seen tell us about the the results side of it then what happens and yeah so normal times you like the polls close at 10 p.m so up to the the count and the count is where um it's all of the local areas with to this the one place in in that the the center of the borough um for the count where they count all the votes so yeah but this year that didn't happen because they had to limit and control who and was coming into the building when and, and what so we had to the long and painful wait of I think yeah two days so our our count wasn't until Saturday morning the ballots come in in these big black boxes and they pour them all over the table uh, and then they, the count sort them all out and then you can see all the ballots um, and you can see that the cross next to your name so that was quite uh, an odd experience for me as a first-time candidate seeing that all these people had voted for you um watching the counts come in behind a big glass per um, screen that was about an hour and we got the results about lunchtime um and yeah we we went to win unfortunately but we we increased our vote share and we reduced the opposition's vote share as well so that in a very limited space of time given the national picture that was quite a good result which is something to build on it's like a family yeah overall Labour won in Calderdale so we still have control of the council here just to explain that so you were standing in what we call a ward yes a, mm-hmm. a, a, yep. a, a, an area of Calderdale you yep. were not successful unfortunately nope. in that in that ward but across Calderdale as a whole mm-hmm. Labour did win more seats than all the other parties put together and so they will now be the uh, majority party in Calderdale and we'll we'll, we'll make decisions in Calderdale over the next uh, period until the next election. What are your reflections on local democracy and you know the role of local councils is Mm. that an important part of our democracy and if so why? Yeah, definitely. It's, it impacts and affects every part of your life. Your bin collection, to the roads that you drive, if there's potholes, the council, the streets that you live on, um, 
the local planning. So that's a big, big thing in, in Brickhouse in Calderdale. We have to build lots more houses and it's, and the council decide where these houses are built and how. then green spaces, parks, any kind of public space, that's local council. Um, lots of, and just how they run your local town. And I think we're in the process at the minute in the UK of devolution, in particular in West Yorkshire, We've got a new mayor elected. Um, power is moving away from London to to kind of regions, so we can have a say in how our in policing, transport. Um... You mentioned the um, West Yorkshire mayor, so um, yes. Chris, but you had a particular role, I think, in in uh, the selection of Tracy Brebin, who yes. was the Labour candidate and is now the West Yorkshire mayor. Just tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I ran Tracy Brabin's selection campaign before that started last September um, when she said, I'm going to put myself forward. And I'm all for um, brilliant, strong um, women, inspirational women in particular, just putting themselves in that, in those kind of leadership roles. Um, so yeah, I worked with Tracy from last September onwards until she was selected as the Labour candidate in December time uh, the Labour Party members had a vote uh, in December about who they wanted to be the Labour candidate that everybody could vote from a shortlist of three people and Tracy was selected from that and we she has she just got such a spirit and a good energy about her and a real I think she'll be brilliant in the job real inspirational kind of woman um the only the only female metro mayor in um, in the country, which is pretty historic. So. Uh, Language support. This is the part of the podcast where I choose some words or phrases from the episode and talk about them. Today, I'm just going to choose a few of the technical words that we use that relate to elections. So we talk, we were talking mostly about local elections today, but we also referred to what are the national elections and we used a number of different phrases. We talked about elections to Parliament, because Parliament is the national body where the government is formed. But we also talked about Westminster. And Westminster is the part of London where Parliament is, and it is often referred to simply as Westminster. It's the Parliament at Westminster. Also, when we talk about national elections, we have something called the general election, and that's when all of the country votes for the national government. Today we were talking about mostly local elections, but we also referred to a by-election, and that was where just one part of the country was choosing somebody to go to Parliament, to Westminster, to be one of the MPs there. When it came to talking about how you vote, we referred to a polling station, that is where you go to vote. 
And then we talked about a ballot box. The ballot box is where you put your vote. So you mark your vote on a piece of paper known as the ballot paper and you put it in the ballot box. And it's those boxes that later get emptied and counted to find out who has won. I referred at one point to exercising the right to vote or exercising your vote. Um, obviously to exercise usually means something to do with physical exercise that you do to keep yourself fit. But we can refer to exercising your vote, meaning going, actually deciding to vote in an election, to go along and doing the action of voting. That is known as exercising your vote. And finally, I was talking about the West Yorkshire mayor, and I talked about directly elected mayors. Charlotte talked about metro mayors. That is the same thing. The word metro usually means a large city or urban area. So metro mayors means the mayors for the large cities. That's it for this week. If you want to find out about how to get the transcript for this episode and any further information about our work, including all the other episodes, then stay listening. Otherwise, we will be back with you again very soon. You can find the transcript, that's the written version of this episode, on our website www.staugustinescentrehalifax.org.uk and that's where you can also find links to all the other episodes and the transcripts so you can listen and read along at the same time. That's also where you can find out how to donate to help our work. We are a charity supporting particularly refugees, asylum seekers and migrants, but also all those in need in our local area. And uh, we would welcome your support if you felt able to give it. If you follow on the website the links to get involved and donate. We also have an email address, that's englishforlifeintheuk at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you, your thoughts on our podcast and ideas for the future. We also have a Twitter account at Esol Saint. And there is additional material on that site. I'll spell out all those addresses. So the website www.st a-u-g-u-s-t-i-n-e-s-c-e-n-t-r-e-h-a-l-i-f-a-x dot org dot u-k 
So that's the website. The email is English for Life in the UK at gmail.com and that's English for spelt F O R. And finally, the Twitter account is at capital E S O L capital S A I N T.